Sponsor Life with Brent and Jeff. The Alter Life with Brett and Jeff. Thanks for being here this evening. I'm Brett. Jeff is across the table, and we are excited about another Alter Life episode, James episode two. So get your Bibles, and uh, we have a lot of great music in store tonight. The topic, the cycle of sin, as we continue in James chapter one. So um, James chapter one, verse twelve through I don't know seventeen, eighteen. We'll see. <laughs> we only got two hours. So we can get as far as we can in those two hours. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death that's the cycle right there who can stop it who can know it jesus christ period born is sin is born and then it grows up <laughs> i know it's so weird to think about it's like oh look at that cute little sin that's how it starts it's like ah this is this is harmless look at it you know it's so cute i can control it because it's this little thing I could just put a stop to it if I need to. Just spank it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's in diapers. Like, well, how harmless, how harmful could it be? And then it grows up, and it's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and it just like pounds you into the turf. <laughs> and um, it's not a good cycle once you get in there. And then you start playing the blame game. I love that. You know, it's God's fault. God gave me these desires. You've heard people be like, "Well, God gave me this desire, and I need to fill this appetite." So. God's, God's tempting fault. me with this uh, <laughs> big plate of food after I've already eaten three other big plates of food. <laughs> so uh, Food's very important to us. It's, it's a conviction. Always comes up. <laughs> so here's this great big thing that I just can't live without that God's tempting me with and uh, holding the carrot in front of me. Uh, you know, it must be God tempting me. Yeah. No, it's not God. God can't tempt you of sin. And uh, actually, it's your own desires. It's your own wants and your own uh, things that you think you need that uh, is enticing you away, the Bible says. Something to remember is that God doesn't tempt, he tests. We don't need God to tempt us because our flesh is already drawn to those things. You know, the, the whole sin nature, it came from the fall. It came in utero, you know, through our belly buttons or whatever. <laughs> it's been passed down from from our moms and dads to us and uh, we don't need to blame God for it because it wasn't us it wasn't him it was us and uh, but what's amazing is that he says blessed are you when you endure temptation when you can face the temptation and stand up under it not don't put yourself in temptation and then like try to be all tough it's like when it does come your way and you can't avoid it and you endure it you'll be approved with the crown of life that God's promised to those who love him because it shows our love for him when we endure the temptation and abstain from sin because we we tell him in those actions that he's better. And even though this thing's really tempting, God has something better for me. And uh, we're going to continue to talk about this whole cycle thing because it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Never has anyone just all of a sudden, like, you know, killed someone. 
<laughs> or, you know, or just cheated on their wife out of nowhere. It's never happened. There's always a cycle. There's always something that starts it and then gets to the ultimate fruition. The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was Create a Monster by Monarch, second half of a Monarch double play. And I love that first verse, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. And I love the second part because it reminds us of the, the end. He says, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, he holds up the, right off the bat, he says, blessed are those who endure temptation. And, you know, so many times when we're in, we're faced with that temptation and we're looking at weighing that option, like, oh, I really want to go do this and sin. You know, we forget about what he just reminded us of is that the crown of life (laughs) which we're all living for the crown of life, which the Lord has promised for those who love them is, is really what we should be chasing after what our desire or spiritual desire should be pining after. Um, as opposed to the, the temptation that seems like the only thing that's like almost become fixed on this thing that we know we shouldn't have. Um, and so easily we forget like, Oh, well we actually have something so much better, the crown of life that we should be living for. And he starts off by just giving us those two, those two things right next to each other. Blessed are those who endure temptation for when he has been approved, he's going to receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And then he says, all right, well, let's talk about, continue to talk about what it's like when we're in those temp- tempting situations. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty, pretty cool, cool thing to remind ourselves of just because, you know, I often forget, you know, I'm in the middle of temptation. It's like, I really want that thing, you know, and I forget that like, Oh, but really heaven and, the crown of life, the heavenly blessings and the riches of heaven are really what I should be, you know, living my life after. And it makes the temptation go away when we remind ourselves of that. Cause like, well, why would I want that then? It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest challenge when you're in temptation is to think rationally. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, I often say this and I, I pray to God, God, when I'm faced with temptation, everything is going to seem like giving in is the best decision. Everything around me is going to be telling me that. But help me to think with a clear head and to see that temptation for what it is. And it's it's a mask. It's a total mirage. Or, you know, it's, it's not what it appears to be. And it's the hardest thing to, to see it for that because our flesh makes it seem so good. You know, we can blame the enemy, but ultimately it says we're drawn away by our own desires. It doesn't have anything to do with the enemy per se. That was the No Longer With Serpent Sly song about forgetting the, to watch out for the subtleties and, the, and being enticed by the little things that lead to big things. And uh, I was just talking about that with Brent during the break there. It doesn't say that God doesn't tempt us, but the devil does. It's not like, it's not about shifting blame here. It's taking ownership of our own wickedness. You know, the world has us believe that, you know, we are this way because of our upbringing or because of the, the, the fact that we were in a low the low income family and everybody else around us was mean to us so we have the right to be evil and do all these terrible things because we have the disease yeah we, we were next to, next to someone in the subway uh, <laughs> that had the same disease of sin that we did so we somehow they sneezed we on us and we it. It, yeah. <laughs> but we you know this is a, it's hereditary this has has nothing to do with something that like we were influenced by it's in our genes and um, that's why it's so easy for us to go that way because it's our nature. It's the monster that's inside of us. You know, it's the 
it's the um, the sinful nature that's in us that leads us to temptation. And um, you know, he kind of debunks that whole uh, "well, the devil made me do it," or "it's God that uh, allowed this temptation to be in my life." And you know, trying to because that's what we do, right? When we're in sin, we don't own it. You know, it's the last thing we want to do in our flesh is own our weaknesses and our sins. We want to put it on somebody else. It's like, well, if it wasn't for that person dressing like that, I wouldn't have lusted. If it wasn't for the fact that my roommates were all drinking, that I got got drunk that night. If it wasn't for, um, you know, the the thing that was on TV when I was watching TV that made me think about all those murderous thoughts. It wasn't. It, it's like we always put the blame on whatever's out there that it's their fault it's not ours because obviously if it was up to just us by ourselves we definitely wouldn't sin um, we would be perfect you know if it wasn't for all these out- outward influences and of course then when it, there's no one to blame it's like well then God made me you know God allowed me to go through that temptation or the devil must must hate me right now because he's giving me all these things stop it it's just sure. excuses um, how freeing is it when you say you know what no it's me I I, I'm the one that's sin, sinful because it's at that moment when you're humble and when you own it that God can forgive you of your sin and cleanse you um, and uh, make you clean. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it before. No one just kind of wakes up in sin. There's a pattern, and I've I've gone through it myself. I'm sure we all have where you... And it, he lays it out pretty clear here. It says, your desire, it's already there. It conceives and it gives birth to sin. You give in to that desire, you sin. Then when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. That's the wages of it. You know, you work a life of sin and then you get your paycheck and boom, you're dead. <laughs> that's what it, that's basically what it's saying. And uh, we have this misconception, like Brent said, that like, oh, you know, I just fell into this. But we, we put these things in motion and it takes a long time and we need to stop that cycle because we're going down a hill. It's a slippery slope. That was the classic crime with grave digging. And I love how he just screams out, we're digging our own grave. Because it's true. We're, that's what we do. And we set ourselves up with, we, we leave avenues to get back to our sin. <laughs> you know, we find little like ruts and little holes to get us back to where we're so comfortable in our sin. And we set, us, we set ourselves up for a huge downfall later on with, with little decisions that we make. We need to let those things just be totally removed from our lives. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! You're unbelievable! The Altar Life. This is unbelievable! I cannot believe this! This is unbelievable! This is unbelievable! Alright, it's time for our unbelievable segment. And as we draw near to the to holiday of love, holiday of hearts and fat babies with wings, and, and there's little arrows. candies that taste like garbage, but they're little <laughs> hearts. They say things on them. We're talking about Valentine's Day and the difference between Valentine's Day as a child. Or when I was in college, it was Single Appreciation Day. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't appreciated. It was Single Awareness Day. When you realize that you don't have a Valentine. Oh, my gosh. The difference between elementary school and adulthood. And would we be able to get away with behaving the same way in our current 
current yeah. life. As an adult, you know, you're at a job and you've got an office full of people that you like see every day. And then, what if Valentine's? You just brought in Valentine for everyone. <laughs> like, uh, here, would you be my Valentine? It's really like, awkward when your boss is like a female. You're like, uh, <laughs> are you just trying to suck up? Or yeah, what's going on? <laughs> it's like that promotion was already granted. Like. You have no shot. You start seeing people's wedding rings because they keep, they're just flashing them at you, like, <laughs> like they're wondering what you're thinking or what, or what you're up to. This is totally inappropriate. <laughs> you find yourself in uh, HR. <laughs> they be like, "We heard that you were making unwanted advances. We heard you were cutting things out of construction paper and giving s- cheesy notes to people. <laughs> that's not green. <laughs> that's not that's not thinking carefully before printing for the environment's sake." <laughs> yeah. I. uh I think that those candies that we were so excited to get as children, like, yes, look, this says be mine on it. <laughs> no, not your property. How dare you? <laughs> but I, I get them now where I see them and I'm just like, oh, it just, it automatically, I get the taste of chalk in my mouth. Yeah, I know. Like you just go, all, you're automatically transported back to that time when you were guilted into getting the Valentine for everybody in the class so that no one was left out, even if the person was a total weirdo. And here's a scam. When, you know, roses go up like $50 a dozen just for that day because yeah. everyone buys them. <laughs> so obviously we should charge more. But yeah. then they go back down like the next day after. Supply and demand. We should just celebrate it on February 15th instead. That's what get I do. all the discounts. That's what I do. My wife doesn't think it's good though. Independence Day for a petty thief. Like me. Yeah. And you just think about like all those times when you have these natural inclinations and you have to like subdue them. They're all in us, you know, whether it's stealing a car on your 16th birthday and it happened to be the 4th of July and setting off illegal fireworks like that last song I was talking about, or uh, <laughs> or if it's, you know, that relationship that you know you shouldn't be in, but hey, it's just kind of, it's kind of evolved into this gray area and I don't know, you know, and then it leads one way to another, one thing leads to another and you end up in this terrible situation where sin is full grown. And it's like, wah, feed me, wah. <laughs> and it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a diaper. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? But die. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you can do at that point. Yeah, it's not a cute, like, tooth fairy Dwayne the Rock Johnson either. It's like the Rock Johnson from WWF fame. You're listening to the Alpha Life with Brent and Jeff. Okay, we don't have to define sin because everyone kind of knows what sin is. But there's sin that... We're all enticed by whatever our sin is. And, you know, we all have sin. And, you know, the Bible says we all have sin and come short of the glory of God. No one is exempt from this conversation. Um, You know, even in our Christian world where, you know, at least we're not doing the bad things like the stuff we see on TV. At least we're not, you know, sleeping around on our wives. At least we're not, you know, doing all these really bad things like getting drunk every night. At least we're not. We, We can tend to... They make excuses for ourselves. Um, this is what we were talking about before. Um, instead of blaming other people for our sin, we can actually excuse our sin by making it seem less sinful because it's not as bad as someone else. Um, and then we sit around and we think about how great we are and we have all this righteous pride. Um, and, and we have the we point out other people's specs when we have big honking planks sticking out of ours, and that's pride. <laughs> Um, but all that sin and all that comes from the desire, the, the twisted desires of our hearts. Um, and pride is the desire for us to make ourselves look good. You know, make ourselves 
seem like we're not in need of a savior. Um, that's pride, and that's when the end. When Satan fell with pride, he wanted. He said, "I can be like the Most High. You know, I don't have. I don't need God. <laughs> I can be like God." And he fell. That's pride, and that's what we say when we don't need Him. Is, hey, you know what? I don't need. I I don't need Christ. I'm perfect. And uh, look, at least I'm not doing all these things. I'm good. You know, that's rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) We all have the desires of sin. We're all twisted. We all need Christ. And um, we're all contributing to our death. (laughs) Um, And it is Christ's blood that has forgiven us and cleansed us. And ultimately, it's him um, that can save us from our sin. Yeah, it's, it's funny. The stages of sin or the cycle... You know, they might come a different, if a different order for you, but it's almost like the, uh, what do they say, the five stages of grief, where there's like denial, uh, bargaining, uh, <laughs> you know, acceptance. There's all these different things, and that's how we get with sin a lot of times. Like Brent was saying, like you may be in a place where you're like, well, sure, I did this, but it's because of this other person. That's why I did it. When you start to like justify and you say, well, yeah, I, I know it's wrong, but, and then you fill in the blank or like Brent said you get to the point where you're saying well this person's a lot worse than me and you do the comparison shopping thing when you're looking at other people and justifying your actions based on that and uh, let's move on from all this nonsense about justifying our actions God knows exactly what's going on he knows when we're bartering or when we're like well God I you know I I know I'm not going to do this but maybe I can just do this and um like I said, like every decision, every tiny compromise that we make, every tiny decision that we make to go our way and not God's way, it's setting us up for just a huge, huge fall. It really is. And, uh, you know, in my own life, you just you make little compromises, you know, little sin here, then it's not, it loses its luster, you know, that little taboo thing or whatever it is. And then you got to go to the next thing, get that excitement back got to go to the next thing and it's the same thing with a drug addict man like you get your body gets used to certain type of drugs you got to crank it up a notch and that's how sin is until it brings death and you know i was thinking about the verse the verse here in verse um 14 he says but each one is tempted when he is when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed the temptation comes in our lives when we're drawn away by our desires you know, we're not just like tempted out of nowhere and and then we start desiring it. It's like our own desires start pulling our heart's attention away and then the temptation comes in and, and, and because the enemy is trying to jump on that desire. Like you desire this, so I'm going to help you with it and I'm going to keep tempting you and I'm going to, I want you to get deeper and deeper. I ultimately want to bring death. Um, so like, you know, you're sitting here going, well, I'm tempted all the time. You know, I think the trick here is, and that's not really a trick, but I think the pursuit of our heart should be that our desire stay focused on the Lord. You know, that um, as we draw closer to the Lord, our desires are more toward Him, and we desire less the, the other things. You know, our, our, our attention isn't distracted as often. Our, our view of our, and our light, our pursuit of our hearts isn't toward the wrong things it's toward the right things and I think in my own life I've noticed being tempted more frequently when I feel like my heart is further from the Lord because 
whether it be just going through a dry time or whether it be um, just I'm just not spending the right time with the Lord or I'm just I'm, just, I'm not focused on him I'm not reading my word as much I'm not living in the spirit as off you know as much as I should be I feel like temptation comes more but you know when I'm clicking with the Lord and you know my attention is on it, he's captivated me with his love and I'm just right there with him the, the temptations seem to be less because my desires are for God my desires aren't drawing me and enticing me away to sin um and of course, that I can't do that enough myself. Yeah, I mean, I, the key words are drawn away. Like, from what? There's got to be something there that if you're not locked in with God and you're not getting, you're not clicking. Like Brent said, when you're just, you know, everything's on point, your desires start to draw you away from that because they don't want that. That's contrary to our nature to be dying to self and to be resisting sin and to be putting God first, something else other than ourselves first. So our natural desire is to be like, get me away from this nonsense. I want what I want. And, uh, you know, for the person who's just you know going back to last week when they don't have a, a foundation of faith, they're just tossed around. They're not they're not being drawn away from anything because there's no there's no center. There's no complete uh, balance. And it's important for us to realize that when we're centered with God, He's going to help us so that we're not drawn away from those things. And it's important, like we, we've been talking about, that this cycle of sin, it's dangerous. And if you're on the path now and you're making compromises and you know that you are, you need to stop. You need to stop justifying and you need to get right with God so that the enemy, he knows what buttons to push. Our flesh likes sin and likes to be taken away and enticed. And we need to stay grounded so that we're not drawn away. All right, it's time to wrap up for the night. And um, just an encouragement out of James here to don't let your heart be enticed by your desires and drawn away from what God has for you. Um, and don't allow temptation to win. Blessed are those who are t- endure temptation. You know, we are blessed when we endure the temptation that comes along through our sinful desire and Um, God has something really special for those, a crown of life for those who endure it. So until next week, we're going to stare the monster down. (laughs) Be cool cats. Live for Christ. Period.